yeah, it's a big thank you. I would do it anyway, as I said, <laughs> but it really helps. When you get an email saying it was fantastic, thank you, or I like this show because, or some ideas or anything, it, it just makes my day each time. It's really a, a little ray of sunshine. And then if sometimes it's a bit hard and in front of the computer at 10 p.m. waiting for a guest to join and saying, oh God, I, I could be in bed right now, then you remember this and suddenly everything's fine. Hello and welcome to Developer's Journey, the podcast bringing you the making of stories of successful software developers to help you on your upcoming journey. I'm your host, Tim Bourguignon. It's episode 200! Can you believe it? Uh, honestly, it is a bit hard to fathom. I published the first episode with Amitai back then, with Amitai Schleier, on March 2nd, 2016. Since then, I got two daughters and I lost almost all my hair. <laughs> I'm going really fast to my 40th birthday. And no, let's not go there. I wanted to celebrate today, so I invited a dear friend. Patrick is joining from Quebec to run this show, so it's going to be his show. He's going to turn the table around and we'll see what happens. Patrick, as I said, is a friend. He was guest number 123, 123. So if you want to listen to his story, go back there. And number. Um, the best number, <laughs> definitely. So Patrick, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, Tim. I'm super happy to be there and to share this milestone with you. I think 200. Who'd have thought? I'm oh, sure you me. didn't. <laughs> no. I'm sure you didn't. Oh, yeah. No, it's amazing. How do you feel? Like, tell us, how do you feel? 200. It's weird. I went through the list of all the guests I had. And it's funny to, to see memories coming back and see, oh, I remember this one. And oh, I remember this one. And if you were to ask me where, which guests do you have, etc., I would have a hard time. It's all merging together. But when I look at the list and see the names and suddenly... Memories are popping up all the whole time. I just scroll through the list and spend five minutes just looking at each name and having those memories. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. Do you weird. remember all of them? All of your guests? That would probably be lying. But most of them, I think. I really, or at least I guess a, a face. I get a face in my mind on each and every one of them. And I think I have some anecdotes and some, some examples and, and bits and pieces coming back from for almost each sure. story. But I must say some of them are merging slowly. The ones who are a bit too close together are kind of merging sometimes. Yeah, and I don't yeah, remember yeah. If, if one anecdote is from one or the other. But uh, Let me jump in on the too close together. And um, I know from your last end of season, you said you were reaching 50-50 in terms of female and male, which, you know, in our field is a proud, you should be proud. Um, we even crossed it in, in, yeah. in 2022 we had more women on the show more women i mean that's congratulations first because i think it's i know you you tried to get there it wasn't of course if you let the flow go you wouldn't reach 50 50 yeah so i think it's all the power to you to, to done that how do you think your the split of 50 50 can affect the the listeners and more how to come forth and share their store. That, that, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure if it does too much. I, not, yeah. not for the guests. Because most of the time, the guests are already a bit visible, a, a bit okay. on, on their journey toward becoming public speakers or public figures. And so I rarely have someone who has never done a talk or never done something in, in the open. And so okay. I don't think that's too much of a change for them. But I'm hoping that it's a big change for people looking for role models and right. people who can for see. For early setters. 
Exactly, for the listener. Yeah. And it's always hard to figure out who the listeners really are. So right. Do you have stats? Like, do you know what the... Do you have any analytics on your research? I do have analytics from my my, my host, okay. but it's hidden between uh, behind behind five different systems. So how right. podcasts work, you have your hoster who hosts the MP3 file, yeah. and then you have services like like the Apple or Google or Spotify, or, Spotify or Stitcher, yeah. etc., who are acting as a man in the middle and just uh, sharing your content. They don't host the file, but they also don't give you the statistics that they have. So, okay, see, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. I'm not running a podcast. So <laughs> I had no idea. Basically, the listener is interfacing with their podcast app. Yeah. The podcast app is interfacing with one of the catalogs, and the catalog is interfacing with the hoster. And so in all right. those hoops, you lose most of the, of the statistics. So okay. there are some standards, and so you get some, but it's definitely not, not accurate. If you were to go on the, on the Apple dashboard... And right. there you will see some very detailed statistics about people listening to your podcast via the Apple app. Yeah. And it's limited in number of versions. So it limits the scope of people listening and giving stats. But there okay. you get some stats. You, For instance, you see where people jumped in or jumped out or where people spend time listening, etc. But this is sort of something you rarely see otherwise. And can you share with us the limited data that you have? On- I'm not sure it's really represented. It can. Okay. So I've got, I would say, one third listeners from the US, one third okay. is from Europe, and one third is the rest of the world, give or take. Yeah. It's mostly 20 to 30 years old. So this 20 years range, right. I was hoping for a bit younger, but so people really coming into their studies. Yes. But doesn't seem to make that much of a difference. There are a couple of cities which are strange. have a lot of downloads, but I suppose this is some GPS gimmicks. Yeah. So people are not really there, but their GPS says they are. What else do I have? I have some statistics about the uh, download numbers, sometimes spiking up with some guests and going three or four times the amount <laughs> the of popular uh, guests. Most the popular likely. guests, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so shocked. Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked. <laughs> but uh, in terms of download numbers, it's been pretty, pretty stable for the past year. I didn't expect this. I thought it would go down with COVID and people not commuting anymore. I mean, my consumption of podcasts has gone drastically down. I, yeah, I was, was going to say it's the same for me. Like, yeah. I don't listen to podcast anymore let's be real because i'm not commuting at all <laughs> so the commute between the kitchen and the basement is so short i don't have time <laughs> to fire a podcast so. well, i guess i just a few podcasts for less 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've got a few podcasts mostly new uh, french news which yeah. are some very short ones two three minutes i still keep those okay. but then the time is limited between podcast limited. and audiobooks and i tend to prefer audiobooks and before that i had this commuting and so i was able to do both but so nowadays, look at that the pod host that doesn't listen to podcasts <laughs> Not entirely, but not I, entirely true. <laughs> my content went really down, and so. But it's um, surprising that it didn't reflect on your listeners that they're engaged enough to continue listening. Apparently, it's pretty good. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm really, good. really glad and and, and uh, humbled by this. So yeah. yeah, no, it's great. And can you tell us, like, because 200, 200 guests means? Can you tell us a little bit, like, what what did you learn in those past? what is it, four, five years, almost six? What have you learned? Like, what did you get out of meeting and really engaging with 200 people for, well, we know it's 45 minutes, roughly the episode, but in reality, it's a little bit more knowing you, your chatterbox. (laughs) So what... 
if you don't know people, the team chats a lot. So the episodes are much longer in reality. <laughs> so we when don't it, tell them we've been, stalking, we've been talking for an hour before hitting the recording button. <laughs> an hour and a half, Tim. Okay. <laughs> it was an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, what, what did I learn? Uh, many things. I'm not sure which one is the most important. One thing is the... Every path is different. Every right. path is interesting. I said it, I think, in the on the end of the year show, in, in the hundreds show, and everything. I would do it still if nobody was listening. Because I love it. I love this sharing moment when somebody explains how they came to being who they are. And well, that was my next question. Damn. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I really love it. It's absolutely fantastic. And this is an exercise I've honed over the years, trying to put myself in the shoes of a listener and trying to think like a listener. But actually, right. that's what I'm doing. I, I am being the listener You're the number listener. one, yeah. the listener yeah. number one, listening to it and trying to steer the conversation wherever I want to or wherever I think is interesting and not right. where I want to pull it. And so right. when I see something or hear something interesting, I try to poke at that. So that would be the first learning. And the second one is that I've been giving my time for that and trying to um, gather people around this project. And I'm very humble at the amount of people communicating with me before the show, during the show and afterwards, the, the amount of contacts and news, etc., and that I still keep with the guests is absolutely amazing. I've still sent emails this week with some former guests and exchanged with them. And I wouldn't say they're friends, but they're people uh, with whom I interact every year. And this is absolutely fantastic. And this is really a realization when you go out of your way to, to, interact with people and something sticks and yeah this is amazing it's valuable interactions and we can hear uh, that you get a lot out of, out of it and i think that's part of the longevity of your show if you were bored to hell one, we would hear it <laughs> and it's not the case uh, it's part of what inspire people to share their story so that's you can if you still like it then it's great for us we're gonna have another 200 shows pretty soon so it's great yeah we'll see about that <laughs> uh, there's some up and downs i've eaten up almost all my buffer so at the time of this recording i have something like 10 episodes recorded ahead of me right which is still okay but it's not comfortable and so for instance in the past in the past five days i've reached out to something like 50 different potential guests really trying to get things going and it's a bit of a hustle, really think, okay, I need to be on time. It's a really project management style. Right. So that's added um, cognitive load to juggle with. And I don't think people appreciate really the time it takes for you to present 45 minutes weekly like that. It's not 45 minutes a week. It's way, way more. How do you balance that between your professional life? Because... I don't think you're leaving off your podcast, <laughs> your Noah yet, but how do you balance that? Do you have times sometimes where you just, you're like, it's been a great run and, but I want to give, I want to give up. No, I never had this Phew. real <laughs> thought of giving up, but I've had some times where I really thought, okay, I really need to reduce this. I really need to do something about it because it's eating me in summer last year so 2021 right. i did a drastic move something like was really drastic for me which was giving out the uh, the editing and i pushed this very long time not just for financial reasons but really because i didn't want to give it out i didn't want to give somebody else the, um, the responsibility for doing this 
And that's pretty much the time where I changed job and took a job, which is having eating even more of my time than before. And I jumped this, uh, this, this hurdle and really did it. I'm glad I did. It really saved a lot of time, but... Right. Can, can you explain us? Because we, since we don't know, we just listen for 45 minutes and it's perfect. How, what goes into an episode? Like, can you run, a, run us through creating a 45 minutes episode? Yeah, sure, sure. So a lot goes before the show, actually. I've honed a very long introduction funnel or preparation funnel for the guests that starts with a very long email with some philosophical ideas about the show, about the historical ideas about the show, how it became what it is, some questions for the guests to prepare themselves, etc., which are not the questions I will ask during the show because I really react to what the guests are saying, right. but to help them prepare, have ideas, anecdotes, stories, etc., then when we start the record, or before we start the recording, we chat a bit, not as long as with you, but something like 20, 10 to 20 minutes, I would say. Okay. And really get on the same page again, really try to make the guests comfortable, crack some jokes, really try right. to get the guests to laugh and to open up already and really be in this mood, in this sharing mood for the show itself. And there I realized, for instance, having guests in the evening for them is not a good idea. I need to get guests early in their day or so that they are fresh and <laughs> not, uh, yeah, exhausted by yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It, it I get makes it. a big difference, actually. And so I cannot always and always manipulate this, but sometimes I do and it works great. And, and then it's really about getting the show going. So, so I'm helping the guests with the first question and uh, they right. know the first question already. And so that, that helps them having a kickstart and then they can start sharing. And then we really try to go for one shot. So right. I edit a lot of things or we edit a lot of things in between, but it's very rarely that we remove questions and answers that we really remove parts. What we try to stick to is making things a bit smoother. So long thinking poses or the ums, um, et cetera, et cetera. The two, two, two level questions or the when you have an answer and then you rephrase it again and stuff like this. Right. Try to simplify a little bit, but not to make it too slick because the idea is really to make the guest relatable. And, right. And, and I think that's part of the appeal. Absolutely. To I said the first time and I still think it's like hearing you're just missing the firewood work, the firewood crackling in the background. <laughs> like I think it's the power of the show. It's very human. It's very, it's people. It's not the superstar. It's the people. And I think it all the, again, it's very, it's the fact that it's very natural brings a lot to the show. It does really. Sometimes it's superstars, but <laughs> <laughs> when I reach out to people with a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, plus I always have, yeah. oh, can I really ask them? And sometimes you're amazed in something like 20 minutes, you get an answer. Yes, let's do it. What? Right, <laughs> right. But it's, it's not because you have a million followers that you're not a human being behind and no, the fact, no, not all of them are bots. Oh, damn. <laughs> but I think it's great that you're able to go past that and bring, again, the humanity, the humane, human side of this. Yeah, this is what I love. This is really what I find most interesting when you have those relatable stories start with something that everybody listened, everybody experienced before and really can relate to the pain point, to the to the experience gained right. and then what the next step could be. And then you're surprised because it's not the next step you were thinking. Yeah, and yeah. Then it goes in a different direction. And, oh, that's interesting. And it goes from A to B. It's really yeah, this human side, this relatedness. It's that's the show. That's really right. the show. And would you say your guests are mostly passionate about what they're doing? 
Or do you have guests that they acknowledge, like they're in it for the money, they're in it for other reasons than passions, than the passion for IT? Or is it a mix of both? Like what, what general like, view do you have of your guests? I think we will have to redefine passionate. Maybe? I, when you're asking the question, I said, yeah, of course, they're all passionate. They're all passionate about what they do. They are all passionate about about talking about it, about what goes into it, etc. Yes, there is a selection bias, for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, but just after you said, oh, are they in for the money? I said, yeah, but some of them are there about the money and then really right. working nine to five and that's pretty much it. And they follow a lot of them on Twitter. I saw one, one please saying, well, I don't code in the evenings. I don't code out of work, outside of work. It's my work. It's not what I do for my hobby. Right. But still, she was absolutely passionate about explaining why she went into it and what she's doing. And I think it's I'm not putting any shade to, to, to these people. I'm the same. And I know we both started very young on TI calculators. Um, my case, QBase, we, we started as a passion. But personally, I don't code anymore outside of work, what I consider work. And I think it's fair. It doesn't discredit the, the person for being passionate about their work. Yeah. Right? And maybe the passion switches a little bit from this, uh, this active state into a more right. concern and interest for the whole thing. So I don't code either, but I'm really passionate about my colleagues and how, how they work together and how the whole yeah. culture is evolving. And I'm still passionate about what they are talking about when they start uh, talking about GraphQL and how they're designing the API, et cetera. So, oh, that's interesting, et cetera. But, right. but that's not the thing I'm, uh, I'm nerding on. Things. Not anymore. Not anymore, exactly. Yeah, and I think it's fair. It's maybe we're growing as individuals. We've seen so many JavaScript frameworks now <laughs> come and go. <laughs> or we're just old. <laughs> or we're just old going on 40. But it's, I think there is wisdom when you get, when you're young and you start your career, you're passionate and you do a lot of things. But as, as you said it, we get old. I think there, I'd like to think anyway, <laughs> that there is a lot of wisdom and you like, those people like to explain it to mm -hmm share their wisdom, what they've, their path of life, what they encountered, their challenges, because everyone had a unique path. Everyone has something unique to bring the, uh, to the table Absolutely. And, and diversity is the better, is the best. Well, one, just to re, to, to re, to bounce on that, one, one of the kind of shows I, I personally love the most is people who don't look exactly like me. So not the CS degree graduates, but really right. people who had a career who did something and they were passionate about that for five, 10, 15 years, and then chose to join the, the tech, the tech side of life. And those people, I think are partly interesting because they bring a different experience on the table first. And so you have people who are novice at programming, but who, for instance, have been traders, financial traders for right. years or who were have you been nurses. You were mentioning a blacksmith. Oh, that yes, be, exactly. That became programmer. Exactly. It's unfortunately, if you look carefully at the list of the guests I had on the show, there are a few holes, there are a few numbers that were there, and then I removed <laughs> them. And it's not because I decided to remove them. I, I did a few show, show at the beginning, which were in German and in French, when I was still dabbling with the, the form yeah. and the idea and how to create this show. And then I removed that because I, I wanted the show to be in English. But I had two stories, one about a blacksmith becoming a developer and one really blowing glass who became That's a developer. Lord, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that people can have such a career and then change paths entirely 
right. they were bringing values and bringing principles and bringing their way of working and their way of being into this new field. And, and this yeah. is amazing to me. And I agree with you. I think there is collectively we are taking what's the word I'm looking for. Collectively, we are realizing that there is more than just this white male CS degree oh, <laughs> in IT. And people from different backgrounds, different path of life definitely do bring, and I've witnessed this myself in my team at the time, different path of life brings different ideas and different solutions to this, the problem that you might have not think of. And it's just more valuable for the organization, whatever the organization is, a company, or it's just very valuable. And I think the fact that you're trying on your show to showcase the path of those people is very helpful and very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an enrichment for us to hear those stories. So yeah, it's great. It's really, I wish more people would give people from different path of life more chance. I think it's starting, but we're very far from this. Yeah. I can see it in the job market in Montreal. It's super hot. We have in Montreal, we have, we have Google, we have Facebook, we have all the big companies are established, especially in AI, but big, all the game studios are established in Montreal. So there is 10 jobs for one applicant. And the reality is that a lot of fresh immigrants, they're just not given a chance. Mm -hmm. They're just not given a chance. And it's, to me, it makes me sad, like, because they, maybe their English is not perfect, their French is non-existent, but <laughs> doesn't matter, but their English is not perfect. And we're not giving them the chance to showcase their skill and their problem solving. And it's, it's, it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> so. that, yeah. I'm really trying to use the visibility I have to do my part of the work and try to oh. highlight some people. I still, one, one of the, uh, the goals I have is to go more toward Asia now. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I've had a few guests from Nigeria, but the rest of Africa is, uh, is pretty, pretty low in my guest list uh, so far So right. I need to do some, some efforts in there, but it's not that it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. No. no. And you have to, you have the language barrier also, That's like true. you said on your show, you have some guests that they might have a super interesting story. Unfortunately, because of the language barrier, you're not able to share it. And it's, uh, again, nothing we can do about it right now for this show in particular, but maybe it will inspire other yeah. shows in other languages to, yeah. to, to do it in their language. <laughs> that, that would be the best. Right. So you said you, you were still doing it for yourself. How do you see the next 200 shows? How do you, is there, you just mentioned, like you wanted to go to Asia, like wh where do you see the future for the show? There's still a lot of Pokemons to, to collect. <laughs> <laughs> the achievement list is not over. <laughs> yeah. Well, first I want to look back one, one, once more. Right. One of the things that amazed me and that I didn't expect and didn't, if I had thought a little bit, uh, I should have seen it coming. But I'm now looking at the guests for something like three years ago and looking at where they are now and what they're doing. And it's amazing to see those people who they took when they were not famous at all, when they were not known at all. And I like to think that I was one of the stepping stones that they used to become a, a heard voice um, on the internet That's and great. really did something. So of course, it's not my, my success to, uh, to, to claim, gather yeah. there, to mm -hmm. claim here, but I like to think I was one of the stepping stones. And so what I would like to do is really continue doing this, is finding people who are 
young who or not young novice in our field who have uh, not so many years behind them in our field and really help them reach a next level that's that coach goes, team that's coach team uh, yeah. talking <laughs> that's, <laughs> your coaching that's is bleeding <laughs> that's possible yes yes so i really try to mix and match between people that we know already and I think you need those to keep sh the show running, to have some big names once in a while. Mm. People, the listeners will recognize and say, ooh, interesting. But also really try to continue having unknown people who just came from nowhere and have a fantastic story to share. And this, I really am really seeking for those persons. Whether I'm on the internet, on Twitter, on, on reading, reading articles, etc. I take screenshots and really try to remember those people and say, oh, I have to, to interview this, this person at, at some point. I have a, a list of people who are just starting their careers and have, I think, fantastic things to say. But I say, okay, let's snooze those person a little bit. Let's let them gather a bit more experience and then I can invite them. Right. So I really want to keep an eye on those kind of profiles because I think it's absolutely fantastic to see How do you do it? How do you keep an eye on so many people? I have a whole database of names now. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> GDPR style on Airtable. Now, I use Airtable extensively. And I have their people, also names where I found those people, their handles on Twitter or on social media, and, and then some automation to remind me of those people after, some, after a while. So who I, I have a whole, whole list of status to know who I already contacted, who I didn't, who I need to, to put, send some reminders, but also people that I want to snooze and people I say, okay, let's remind them in a couple of years. Let's right. see what, what happened. And then. So you built your own CRM. <laughs> completely. <basically. laughs> completely. Yes. Classic developer thing Absolutely. to do <laughs> yeah, i built it i didn't code it so i'm <laughs> half as bad <laughs> good point <laughs> but yeah i think the list has something like like six or seven hundred names now oh so, yeah okay including the 200 who were on the show already <laughs> still yeah very so, decent list it's starting to be a decent list yeah and some of them probably never get to them <laughs> unfortunately it's yeah it's the fact of life okay. So yeah, that, that would be the, the look in the, into the future, really keeping this balance between big names and unknown people and try to continue being a stepping stone. That would be the, the wish. Do you wish, I know it's very far-fetched, but do you wish, would you wish to make it full, a full-time activity, full-time job? The story sharing is absolutely fantastic. I've done my fair share of coaching as well. Right. And so... But I'm not sure I would like that to be my full-time job. I mean, if you put money out of the table and I can do yeah, whatever in, you want, yeah. 15, 15 hours or 20 hours a week, just that, yeah, hell yeah. But, but doing 50 hours or 40 hours a week, um, community building and really trying to reach out more people and having this growth mindset of trying to make it a, my, my job or keep it as a daytime job, etc. I'm not sure. I really love this conversation stuff and yeah. really sharing stories and i really work on limiting the overhead and not having to do too much around it and really keeping right. this story in the forefront and so i i don't think i would like to make it a full-time activity keep it a little bit like a hobby or passion then an yeah. actual gotta wake up to do it and uh, yeah. speaking of waking up to do it you 
had to wake up early a few times to interview your guests. Yeah, or go to bed really late. <laughs> or go to bed really late. Yeah, I mean, I interview people from all over the world, so so you have to synchronize at some point. But usually it works out. Yeah. And s- since the pandemic, one of the good things of the pandemic, I'm working from home the whole time. And so it's easy to squeeze an interview right. during the day like this. So, so it You makes don't have it... commute to, to deal with. Um, they don't have commute to deal with, most likely. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. Okay. So before before that, so until the beginning of 2020, it was really an even activity. So it was, I would say I would say 90% of the recordings I did before that were after 9 p.m. So between 9 okay. p.m. and 12 p.m. Because you were interviewing in Europe and North Both America, in Europe and North America. Yeah. Yeah. So and, yeah, and Africa worked as well, and that's Indeed. maybe also why I wasn't so. Toward the east or toward Asia, yeah, because, because it would be harder for them. Five a.m. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. So yeah, but we manage. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, some... I would be pretty interested to know like the story of people in Asia because so different from what we're used to as mm-hmm. Westerner in quote unquote such a different way to approach this job. So yeah. Let me know when you hit someone. <laughs> well, I'm still searching for some vectors to to get there. Right. I had a few contacts in India, and so I was trying to get some some good stories. Mm-hmm. Haven't found really the good people's to the good persons to interview. And I'm also, and this is this is a, almost a shame to say that I need to be listening and understanding the guests correctly. And I sometimes have a hard time with the Indian accent. Right. And so I'm, I think I'm a bit reluctant in going there. I had this with a few guests from Nigeria. Where I was mm-hmm. really concerned if I was understanding them correctly and really understanding where they wanted to go, etc. I think it worked out, but sometimes really hard. And so I think I'm refraining from really going there. Maybe I it's, should do it and just shut up about it. <laughs> no, but you're, it's a valid point. It's what we, we said about the accent, general understanding. If your listener can't really understand or it takes a lot of effort to listen to the guests if think a lot of listeners wouldn't give them the channel right because that's the thing is wrong yeah. of the accent so but on the other hand i'm pretty sure there is a whole bunch of developers in asia who speak perfect english oh, oh, and yes. i just need to find them <laughs> yeah, of course but yeah lots of a needle in the hashtag like so many people out there how do you find them always uh... that's the question how do you find them and to reach the 50 percent women on the show i asked my former guests to find them and right. so I guess I have to start doing Same thing. really asking the guests, do you know some people? I've been asking for the past for the past month, actually, not for women anymore, but really for people from underrepresented communities who are not right. on my white male cisgender <laughs> radar. Right. And so I'm starting to have a, a few more people from, from the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. yeah. et cetera. So that is good. And maybe I should continue pushing and i think and so i think it's regional yeah it enriches well. the show's various path of lives just better absolutely. for us as listeners absolutely. i had a question about the relationships out of the show like did you build any long-lasting relationships with uh, your guests some of them the longest one i would say is amitai who was uh, who was the first guest i published right. and i wasn't the first guest i interviewed but the first guest i published and and who interviewed me for phone number 100 so, and I, Amitai is a, is, is a very good friend and he moved to Germany a few years ago and he must be back to New York now. So we met, it's, it was amazing. And, and that, that is really a long lasting relationship. Trying to think if there are some really relationship or friendships out of the show older than Amitai. 
not really. I've interviewed many people I knew before. So basically the first something like 40 shows were only people I had seen in real life. <laughs> Okay. Um, whatever that is. There were people who had met yeah, what at is conferences. Real life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Hashtag> exactly. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think until oh no, a bit longer than that. Forty-five. 40, okay, yeah. Yeah. The first forty-five guests were really people I met at conferences or I knew before and that I interviewed some of them face to face. In, okay. in the same room. I have a setup for recording face-to-face -face as well. And it's actually a nightmare to use anymore. Uh, nowadays, yeah, yeah. Zencaster is way, way easier. <laughs> but so I used to do this. So not friendships from that level, but there are a few guests with whom I've exchanged some emails every month still the, uh, since then. Oh, but yeah. mostly on some topics, on some special topics in between me and them. So some of okay. it's, it's about technical documentation. Some of them it's about music. Some of them it's about something different entirely so i still keep in touch i wouldn't call that friendship but it's really still some long-lasting connections that's cool anything you want to add <laughs> <laughs> anything i want to add i think we covered a lot of yeah a lot of ground on the podcast i think it's again great you've managed to go this far that you've managed to be so inclusive as well can't wait to see what the future brings you like the LGBTQ community, I'm sure we're going to ha have a great story, probably heartbreaking stories also, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> hopefully with a good ending. Uh, some... Go ahead. There, there is one thing I have to say, and it's, uh, it's thank you to, to all people who have been following me, who have been listening, downloading, sending me feedback, sending reviews, telling other people about the show, sharing the episodes, the pattern, right. uh, yeah. su supporters, how do you call them? Supporters, supporters, yeah. supporters who are actually making really a, a dent in the, in the, uh, the, the bills I have. Yeah. So yeah. that is really helpful. Free to run a show, people. Exactly. <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> exactly. The editor is the taking the lion's share of that. Um, that's also maybe why I pushed it so long. Uh, I'll send but... you my, my bill for being the host. <laughs> yeah. We'll discuss offline. You know what? I'll double it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double it. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, a big thank you. I would do it anyway, as I said, <laughs> but... It really helps when you get an email saying it was fantastic, thank you, or I like this show because, or, or some ideas or anything. It, it just makes my day each time. It's really a little ray of sunshine. And then if sometimes it's a bit hard and in front of the computer at, at 10 p.m. waiting for a guest to join and saying, oh, God, I, I could be in bed right now, um, <laughs> then you remember this and suddenly everything's fine. And so I couldn't end this on a different note. It's thank you to everyone. So I'll see you on episode 400 for the follow-up. <laughs> uh, you will hear me, but you will <laughs> definitely not be there because we heard it. We have to make some changes in the diversity. <laughs> I've had I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've had two male co-guests, so the next one is going to be different. It has to be different. <laughs> it has to be different. I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> but thank you very much for accepting to jump in and take this role. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. It's been much. my pleasure. <laughs> Awesome. Then I guess right. I have to say the final line. It's you, been. It's at the end. It's still your show. <laughs> it's still my show. Okay. So it's been another episode of Deborah's Journey, and we see each other next week. Bye. 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 -bye. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please share, rate, and review. It helps more listeners discover those stories. You can find the links to all the platforms the show appeared on our website, devjourney.com.
youtube.info slash subscribe. Creating the show every week takes a lot of time, energy, and of course money. Would you please help me continue bringing out those inspiring stories every week by pledging a small monthly donation? You'll find our Patreon link at devjourney.info slash donate. And finally, don't hesitate to reach out and tell me how this week's story is shaping your future. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Timothep, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-P, or per email, info at devjourney.info. Talk to you soon.